Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. Oh, all right. It's a chatty bunch today. This must be excited for the holiday. How many of you, uh, it's Christmas. <laughs> How many of you get a, like a little bit of a break around Christmas time? Anyone get a break around Christmas time? How many of you, that just, you feel so sad, you got to work the whole time. I'm so sorry for you all. We talked about it in the, in the lobby a minute ago. It's sad, so sorry. But um, it is true, uh, Christmas is eight days away, as my daughter told me this morning as I was getting ready for church. Eight days, which is really exciting. Um, the guy in the lobby, the front desk, thought it was 11 days away, so I was a little shocker when I told him he was a, little, he was a few days off, and he has not started buying his Christmas gifts, so he might have some issues there, but you never know. You know, maybe, just maybe, Amazon will come through for you this year. You just never know. But it's two weeks away, and uh, over the next two weeks, we are going to kind of focus our time as we open the Scriptures. We're going to be focusing on the birth of Jesus, which is uh, one of the best things to talk about. I love Christmas. If you didn't know that about me, our tree's been up for quite some time now. Uh, and uh, I love talking about Jesus. I love talking about uh, His birth as well. We're also going to be beginning a series uh, in the book of Matthew, uh, uh, and so we'll starting with the Christmas section, and then we'll continue on um, through that until Easter, just so you know. I thought about, I was tempted, I'm not going to, but I wa- thought about, I, I outlined the book of Matthew a couple months ago, and I thought about doing 72 weeks of Matthew. So we've, we've reduced it down to about 20, and... Uh, that's just, I'm just saying, there's a lot in there. It's a big, it's a big book. But we're, only, we're not going to do, we're not going to do 72 or whatever it is. We're going to do 20, which should be fun. Um, and, but I, I love it because I love talking about Jesus. I love, um, I love reading and studying about Jesus. I love, I love studying the Gospels. I think it's, a, it's one of the, the, the best things that we can look at as followers of Jesus, looking and seeing what did Jesus teach us, and then also what did Jesus do uh, why, while he was on this earth, because he is our example as well. Uh, and so as we open up the book of Matthew, we'll be in Matthew chapter 1 today. Um, uh, I want you to think about this uh, before we jump into to that, the text today is, is what are some of the best uh, movie entrances that you've ever seen or character entrances that you've ever seen? And if you're not a movie fan, that's okay. Uh, anyone have one that just comes screaming right off the top of their head? No? That's cool. I know. It's early in the morning. It's only 1030. So what do you say? Tony Stark. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. The Avengers, yeah. Uh, so this was mine. Uh, it, was a, it was a man named Captain Jack Sparrow. This to me is, there should be a picture of it. This to me is the be- like was one of the most iconic movie entrances that I had ever seen in my entire life. And uh, this movie came out when I was in high school, which was a long time ago. I, I hate to say that. Uh, and, uh, but just how he entered into, like he literally was going to, he's about to get off this boat. Music's playing, uh, the boat is sinking, and then as it sinks perfectly, he takes his first steps, and here we go, we're on this beautiful pirate adventure, which is crazy. And you knew that he was going to be, it was grand, it was, it was awesome, and uh, you knew that this character was going to be larger than life. 
Uh, now, maybe you're not a movie person, and so uh, maybe you uh, went to a baseball game, and uh, you have a favorite baseball player, and baseball players now, when they go to bat, what do they have when they walk up to bat? They have their walk-up music, right? Yeah, yeah. And you have a, you have a favorite player with their favorite walk-up music? Make sure it's appropriate, because this is church, people. Uh, or maybe you're not into baseball. Uh, you're a WWE wrestler kind of person. And basically, this is where baseball really stole this, but they also have walkout music as well. And what's it supposed to do? It's supposed to pump you up. It's supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to say, this guy's awesome. They're going to come through and do whatever it is. Um, and, uh, and so the interesting thing about uh, as we start looking at Jesus and his birth, and we look at his arrival on this earth, is that Jesus doesn't come to the scene like that. Like Jesus doesn't enter in, into the world in a grand way. He doesn't enter into uh, humanity with this grand walkout music where he is being pumped up and celebrated. Very simply, that Jesus humbly enters the world. And as we think about Christmas, as we think about his arrival, uh, we, we should think about it as where did he choose, literally the Savior of the world, the King of the universe, God becoming man, where did he choose to come into the world? And the God of the universe humbly comes into the world as a baby uh, in a backwoods town in Galilee to a teenage engaged mother. And I think that, that this entrance, this in, in entering into the world like this, uh, is, is saying something about the king that we serve. Uh, and it's also saying something about the, what Jesus is trying to start and what Jesus is trying to do. And so uh, before we go into Matthew, Philippians 2 says this about Jesus coming into the world and his humble uh, entrance. Just give me one moment. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 7, it will be on the screen as well. He says this, he says, "...have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus." who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped. But what did he do? He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. That Jesus chose to come into humanity, humbly come into humanity. And I, again, I think this changes the way that we think about God, the way we think about Jesus' kingdoms, and the way we live our life. It changes the way we think about God because he cared enough to uh, move into the neighborhood. Uh, John, in John 1, in his gospel, he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Eugene Peterson always translates that in, in the message version, that, that God moved into the neighborhood, that God became flesh, that he became man and showed up, and that he cares enough. He, he's not like one of those people that like they say they'll do something for you, but won't do something for you. Like God's the kind of person that they care about you and would do anything for you, and, they, and, and, and even so humbling himself and becoming a man. Second is that Jesus modeled for us what it looks like how to live. He shows us kind of how to live this in, this, this in, in his humility. It shows us that his kingdom is going to be different. His entrance says something about the, what kind of king that he was going to be. Uh, Israel was hoping for a Messiah to come, a Savior to come, uh, but they were looking for someone to come and conquer, to come and bring war against um, the Roman Empire. Uh, instead, they got a baby uh, who laid down his life. 
and that we should try to be like this, that we should try to live humbly, be humble with our lives as well. And so as we look at the book of Matthew, you can turn over there, Matthew chapter 1. You'll notice, and uh, for the sake of time, but also uh, because you probably don't want me to read 16 uh, verses of a genealogy, uh, we're going to, to move past that. It's a little longer than that. Um, but Matthew opens with the genealogy of Jesus on his dad's side. And you might, I don't know if you've ever wondered, if you've ever read these genealogies before, but you might wonder why does this matter? Like why would the writer of Matthew put the genealogy of, of Joseph uh, for Jesus on his dad's side? And the reason it matters uh, is because Jesus is the promised king and that Jesus' birth fulfills the story of Israel. And to do so, that this genealogy, what you'll notice, will link him back to David. And, and he needs to be of the line of David for it to matter. And so if you look, you know, this is my Bible at Matthew chapter 1. And if you look at this, two-thirds of your Bible is the Old Testament. And sometimes people don't necessarily understand this, and it can be challenging, and it's complex in its own way. But essentially, most of this book, other than outside of um, the first 11 uh, chapters in Genesis, from Genesis 12 on to the end of Malachi, this is a book talking about a family that God chose to deliver the world and to bring people back to God as well, called the people of Israel from the, the family of Abraham. And in that, there's a kingdom that started, the kingdom of Israel, and David is a king that is in there, and that his line would eventually produce this Messiah or this Savior uh, who would be a king, this messianic king, that there would, be, uh, there would be a kingdom that would never end and that justice would reign and all of these things, etc. And so the Messiah coming, Jesus coming, and Jesus being the Savior of the world, one of the criteria was that he had to be from the line of David. David, that this was paramount. Now, we see the actual, uh, not, not necessarily the, the birth story, but we see how uh, he, is, he is told, in, starting in verse 18, where Jesus is born uh, to a teenage uh, betrothed girl called Mary. He says this, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. And so we, if you've been in church, you've heard this story several times. Mary is betrothed to Joseph, an engagement period of time. Uh, betrothal was a preparatory period of time for the couple. Uh, a lot of times he would go and prepare his home. Maybe he'd have to pay a fee to her father. And so maybe he would go and work to gather that, uh, th those crops or those animals as well. It was also a time where arranged marriages uh, were the way of the day. And so there would take 12 months to get to know each other, to trust one another, to learn to love each other in a, in a lot of ways uh, before that. This would, be, would have been before she slept together. And so she is a virgin, which is why Jesus is, uh, is, is born of a virgin. Uh, and just a quick side note, why does it matter that Jesus is born of a virgin? Uh, Genesis chapter 3, when God is kind of dishing out the punishments for the couple, Adam and Eve, disobeying God of eating from the knowledge of, uh, of the tree of good and evil, 
Uh, he t- tells him that the sin nature will be passed down from the line of Adam, and so from the man. And so, uh, not that, that women don't sin. I'm sorry. Sorry, you do sin as well. I'm not saying that. Uh, what I'm saying is, is that if any of us who have a father, then uh, then, then then we have the uh, then, then we sin, and so that's what happens. And so, uh, because she's born of a virgin, it, it gives Jesus kind of this opportunity to be the second Adam, where we know that he lived a perfect life as well. That was an aside. So Joseph, though, so you got Mary and Joseph, they're betrothed. Uh, he, uh, th- and, and honestly, this could have this gone off the rails real quick. You know, Mary's pregnant. Uh, she, the, the Holy Spirit came and spoke to her. But, you know, like, he, he, and he's like being nice about it. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but imagine that you're engaged to, um, you're engaged to someone and that they get pregnant and you know it's not you. Uh, there, there would be some questions you would be asking. You might be angry. There might be a lack of trust. There, there would be frustration as well. And so, uh, honestly, he, he's trying to do the honorable thing. He's, he's going to divorce her quietly. Uh, he actually had the, the right to publicly divorce her uh, and, 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 and uh, could actually, in the Jewish customs, uh, could have had her stoned as well. And so this is actually, in some ways, miraculous uh, in, in a lot of ways that there, this could have been expected death for in, the, in this time period, and yet ex- unexpected life comes, that Jesus is born, and then even in our own life, because we have sinned, like that we deserve death, that we find life in Christ. And so this is, this is an example of how Joseph shows restraint, and a lot of it is the Lord uh, guides him and directs him. But, but it, it could have really gone off the rails so, so very fast. And then the angel of the Lord in verse 20 kind of sets Joseph straight. He says, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so before... You know, before he even divorces her, before he uh, did anything that would have been that would have ruined this, is that that he ends up staying with her, and he ends up trusting what the Lord has said, and that Jesus is called to save the people from their sins, to save the world from their sins. Verse twenty-two says this, and all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And this actually comes from Isaiah uh, chapter 7, verse 14. Matthew is quoting Isaiah here. He says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so we see in the, the, the birth of Jesus that Jesus is coming to do something. He's coming to save the people from the sins. He's, he, he's being announced in some ways as being set up as this messianic king with him being born of the line of David and that God has come down from heaven to be with us. Now, there's several other promises in the scriptures around Jesus' birth. There's even more so that uh, are fulfilled in Jesus' life and his ministry and his death and his resurrection. But I just wanted to show you just a few specific prophecies. Um, it's in a chart uh, of... Um, 
about him that kind of talk about the different criteria. Sorry if it's a little small to read, uh, but you got the prophecy. So he's born in Bethlehem. That's Matthew chapter 5, verse 2. Uh, he's supposed to be born of a virgin, uh, and we see that in uh, Isaiah. We just read that as well. Uh, there's a promise in the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 49 that this person uh, would come out of the tribe of Judah. Uh, Hosea 11.1 1 describes how Jesus is going to have to go uh, to Egypt as well, which very quickly after he is, uh, is born, Herod finds out and he has to leave uh, and goes to Egypt until he becomes an early teenager. Uh, there is a massacre uh, of sons in Israel, uh, quoted in Jeremiah 31. Uh, there is a prophet preparing the way. That's John the Baptist who prepares the way in uh, Isaiah 40.35, and then that he would be rejected by his own people, Psalm 69.8 and Isaiah 53.3. And so Jesus is coming in, and he is entering into this story to fulfill and to complete the work that God has started with the nation of Israel. That, that, that he is entering into the story to fulfill and complete the work of God that, that has started. And, uh, and, and, and Joseph went along with it. Joseph went along with it. And, and instead of divorcing his wife, he was obedient to the Lord. Verse 24 says this, And so when Joseph woke up, from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew knew her not until she had given birth a son, and, and he will be called Jesus. Now, as we as we kind of think about this this week, um, and as I've been preparing this week, I um, I can't stop thinking about how Jesus entered into the world. Like it's just shocking to me to think about this, the way in which. He just arrived. You know, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, uh, I, like where there, there wasn't any room for, like, the, like he entered into a world, like he's God and he's coming man. This isn't in the Gospel of Matthew, but like when they go just to try to give birth, like there's not even room for him. Like he has to go out into like a, a, a barn, basically. And that's like shocking. Uh, that's shocking to me as well. Like, um, there's almost like a part of me, this is this is wrong, by the way. So I'm just gonna I'm not I'm not serious here. But there's like a a silly part of me that's like like you could have done it up just a little bit better, you know? Like there could have been like a golden staircase coming out of heaven, where you're just walking down uh, the street saying, "Hey, he's here." Um, another a movie that has a great arrival that I didn't say earlier, but um, Aladdin, when Prince Ali goes to meet uh, the, the Jasmine's dad, like I'm kind of imagining that, but a little bit more serious with Jesus coming into the world. You know what I'm saying? Make way for Prince Jesus or King Jesus. It's good, um, but it's it's fascinating to me just the way that he entered into the world. Um, Again, if it were me, there'd be a choir. You know, I know there's the the angels, the shepherds in the field. They they have the them singing, but there, it just would have been, uh, it, it would have been different. Even this, just thinking about like you you became a baby, and you you didn't go to like a prominent city. I think that's something important too. Like, so Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Is and then he lives in the city of Galilee, but he's not like born in like a major metropolis or a major city of the day. He's not born in Jerusalem to a prominent family. He's born to, 
you know, just a regular family, and they would go live outside of the city as well. And so I think, I think the, the awesome thing is, is that I, I can't get past that Jesus came to fulfill these awesome things, but it's, it's, it's almost like juxtaposed with his humble entry. Like Jesus is fulfilled the requirement to be the savior of the world. Like all of those things about the promised Messiah, Jesus fulfilled those things. Jesus w- uh, went on and, and has gone on to lay down his life to rescue the world from their sin. Uh, Jesus did establish a kingdom and, and, and would eventually establish a kingdom that would never end. Jesus showed us what it looked like to, 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 to be fully human. He, showed, he taught us what it looks like to love, and the way he did all of it was starting out as a baby. And so for me, as I'm thinking about this, as I've been challenging and, and kind of sitting on this for this week, is I, 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 it's, it's honestly made me want to change and to confess like the areas uh, of pride in my life, the areas of uh, entitlement in my life, and to say, like, my Savior laid down his life. He left heaven for me and, and didn't do it in an entitled way. He did it in a loving, gentle, and kind way as well. And so it makes me want to change and confess, like, the, the moments I'm in pride, like, that the world doesn't revolve around me. That the world doesn't revolve around you. And, and even thinking about, like, how do I walk into a room? How do I walk into a room? Or I'm, you're, well, a lot of us are going to visit family. How, 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 more, how am I going to arrive into a room when I walk in? How am I going to walk into work? Um, uh, maybe you're a shopper. My wife works in retail. This hits really close to home. Uh, how am I going to walk into a store when I'm looking for something and they not have exactly what I want? Am I going to walk in entitled or am I going to walk in somewhere else? Uh, it makes me, uh, it honestly makes me want to be more like Jesus, like the manner of which like it, he came in humbly and sacrificed his love. It makes me want to serve, uh, to love and to put others first, because this is what Jesus is doing. He's putting us ahead of himself, this upside down kingdom, this backwards kingdom that he's establishing that the first will be last and the last will be first that he says, blessed are those are good news for the broken, the hurting, the poor, the hungry, the persecuted. It makes me want to be obedient, like as, as Joseph did. You, you, you think like Joseph, just getting out, just getting started, trying to get married, trying to start a family. You know, he's, 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 he's a carpenter, he's a, he's, a, he's a day worker in some ways. And he's just trying to get things going, and he's, he, he's, 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 he's engaged to the woman of his dreams. And, and maybe even that tension of after the angel has said something to him, may, maybe wanting him to, wanting to leave, but he, yet he's obedient and said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick it out, I'm going to trust what the Lord is doing. It makes me want to trust what the Lord is doing. It makes me want to be obedient to, to what he's saying because Jesus came and arrived in such a way that wasn't arrogant, that wasn't prideful or boastful, even though he deserves to be. He's the greatest. He's the king. He's majestic. He's awesome. He's glorious. He's wonderful. Yet he came and he served. And it makes me want, it makes me want to worship, honestly. It makes me want to worship. Hebrews uh, 12, 2 says this. It says this, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
And it makes me want to worship because he is the founder and perfecter of our faith. He is, for the joy came down and laid down his life, despising his name, is now reigning and seated at the right hand of God. And so it, it gives me, it changes the view of myself. And so as we, as we enter into kind of this, we, we've been in the Christmas season, but for us at Mission City, as we start talking about it from, a, from stage, as you think about this, um, is where, where's your heart at today? Where's your view of self today? And where's your view of the Lord? Because I think sometimes I can get into modes where, uh, frankly, it's, it is all about me. And it's all about, it's just all about me. Yeah, there's an old song that says, it's all about you, Jesus. It's not, I, it's, uh, I can sing that to myself. It's all about you, Russell, sometimes, if I'm really honest. And, uh, and is my view, is my view of, of, of Jesus keeping me, or is, is my view of myself keeping me of seeing Jesus for who he is and serving Jesus? And is, 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 is this view keeping me from, from practicing his way in this world? Is that, is that going on as well? So I'm going to invite the band to come back up uh, because he's God. Like he is the Lord, he is God, and I am not. And as we think about the way that he entered into the world, it should make us ask questions and it should make us want to, in some ways, do the same. That this willingness to, to lay down my life, this willingness to trust him in everything because of his example, that he left heaven and gave up his life for us as well. And so as you go into this Christmas season, as we remember how our Savior has come to this world, maybe consider how you should live. Consider how he is calling us to live as his followers. Let's pray. So Lord Jesus, I pray that you would move today among us, that in this, this time, this Christmas season, God, that it would be about you celebrating your arrival celebrating the fact that you have come to this earth. And God, that you came, you came uh, to and lived among us, that you showed us the way, that you came and lived with, uh, you came in, 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 in the craziest way, and you show us how to live, and that you came amongst the poor, and you loved them, and you cared for them, and you showed them the God that cares about them. And so, God, would you move in our midst today as we kind of go about the busy, this busy season? God, may it not be about us. May it be about you. May it be about serving others. May it be about loving others. And so, God, would you move among us? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Merriam Community Center off Slater Street between Johnson Drive and Shawnee Mission Parkway. We also have five community groups that meet throughout the KC Metro. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or send me an email at jake at missioncitykc.com.